Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Glamour's Podcast. Hey, it's okay. Today we have a fantastic special guest, as always. We're going to be talking about everything from really losing your temper to looking absolutely awful in the gym um, and to secretly thinking, really, that you probably are the best person that you know. Is any of this okay? Hello and welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Glamour. Hey, it's okay. Coming to you live, not live, recorded, we're pretending it's live, from the Glamour podcast cover. Today my special guests are a little new Glamour podcast virgin in our entertainment editor, Helen Whitaker. Hello. Fresh from maternity leave. <laughs> Back into it. And fired up on yes. the hot topics of the day. And as an extra special treat, we have somebody who actually knows what they're doing in the realm of broadcasting, particularly radio. It's a BBC presenter, sports presenter extraordinaire, Ms. Gabby Logan. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Battled traffic and got here today. Yeah, and I came a really terrible route. I don't know what I was doing. Sometimes you get a bit daydreamy, don't you, behind the wheel, and then you realise you've taken a wrong right. In London? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You see, since I moved out to the country, it's, it's just such a big treat, traffic. I love it. It's, <laughs> oh, gosh. I just don't know what you just said. <laughs> I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. And so how's it going, everything in the world of Gabby Logan? Good, yeah. Very very good start to the year. Very busy. Lots going on. And um, yeah, I'm kind of worried that this year's going to run away with itself because already it seems packed out. You know, last year seemed to be really quick and, and just move along, motor along. And, uh, you know, you, especially when you've got kids, you don't want it to go so quickly. And also when you present literally every sports television show on the BBC. Well, that not, must get not, really, really tiring. Not every, but quite a few and quite a lot of weekends. What's so. your favourite? Are you allowed to say? I don't think I have a, well, I suppose Sports Personality is a really great show to do because it's a massive live show, end of the year, well, they're all live, but a, a massive show at the end of the year with 10,000 people in the arena and, you know, we don't always get to see the audience because obviously at live sports events we tend to be broadcasting in a broom cupboard like this at a sports ground. <laughs> so, um, so I feel very at home, actually. Well, I, yeah, we've actually upgraded it used to be like literally 
the hat, you know, like like the broom cupboard. Oh, well, this, this has got some light, which is lovely. Yeah. But no, live sport is amazing because you never know what's going to happen. So things from the Olympics to the Six Nations rugby or match of the day. Match of the day, you know what's going to happen because match of the days, the football's happened. So that's the only one that's a little bit more formulaic. But radio as well, I love to do. So I'm, I, I like the variety. I think, yeah, I was I've just looking to. through all, all of your shows and I thought if we list everything that Gabby does, that'll be it. That'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> but how do you find time to do everything? Um... I don't, you just, it's just a juggle, isn't it, all the mm. time? And it's just that, you know, you know what it's like. You have to just plan, be quite organised. My husband would say I'm ridiculously organised. I like my Sunday night blackboard, which I, you know, I redo the blackboard for the week. Everybody knows what they're doing, where they're going. And occasionally I'll say to my husband, because our kids are 11, oh, my gosh, we've done 11 years of, of this, you know, this kind of moving moving them around from A to B and getting them fed and everything. And they're still alive and they're doing okay. <laughs> she, she's a type A, Helen. I'm, 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 the, I'm the type sort of just muddle through and just do whatever anyone's yelling at me to do exactly as soon as you mentioned the blackboard I was like you have a blackboard without it I think we'd we'd all disappear and the kids wouldn't know what's going on and they'll say things to me like but it was on the blackboard mum and so now it's kind of you know I have to I have to live up to it but actually they they're really but everybody kind of is very supportive because everybody wants to do what they want to do so my daughter wants to ride as much as she can so she knows that she has to help me you know do x if she wants to do that and my son's busy with his stuff and, and luckily you know my husband and I haven't got normal lives in the sense we don't do nine to five jobs so we can kind of dovetail and try and work things out so if I'm working weekends he's in charge of getting kids to sports events which seems to be what weekends are about now okay yeah okay um so we yeah weekends nowadays tend to be um being taxis basically so um sometimes it's easier to work at the weekend than drive the taxi to get the kids from A to B. oh yeah <laughs> well i've only got one child um and yes i so i but even i sort of struggle with the daily just even like packing a swim bag seems beyond me sometimes I always managed to leave one thing at home and i remember there was the great day that i walked down to the train station after pe- um taking her to school and then I got the call from the school saying, you've got, and I realized I had her swimming bag in my hand and I just walked <laughs> back down the road. And I, I, actually, I actually said a very, very, very rude word at the top of my voice on the train station platform and then ran back up Look, to the school. Can I, can I make you feel better by, yes, by topping that with um, the day where the blackboard obviously failed because I'm walking the kids to school and they were about six at the time when we lived in London. And I was thinking, gosh, it's very quiet this morning. I can't see any other families out and about. What are they all, you know, nobody's here. Why are they not, back, why are they not walking at this time of the day? And we get to school and it's still very quiet and now I'm getting this terrible feeling that I actually have got go back to school on the wrong day the cleaner opened the door to the school and she said um do you want to speak to the secretary there are no teachers here it's not, we're not back till tomorrow and the kids just burst out laughing it was <laughs> hilarious um I had a radio show to do a live radio show for five live in about two hours time uh-huh. so um panic stations kind of work, working out what the kids are going to do but you know you I think you need those those moments as well it can't that damn blackboard man blackboard failed the school diary said something like 18th of April and what they meant was that's the last day of the holiday I took that to be the first day of the holiday come on yeah let's be straight with your Work terms with here. me people yeah. <laughs> so Gabby do you um do you take a dim view of women like me who know literally nothing about football no because I think you know we've all like football is and the national kind of sport and, and it dominates you know sadly really it dominates the front front pages and the back pages quite often because other sports you know should get a look in and they do occasionally in the likes of rugby and cricket and then women's sport is starting to get a bit more of a look in oh um, yay women yeah half um, a page 10% 10% of <laughs> yeah. 
all yeah. kind of broadcasting coverage in the last uh, year or so. And that was only because of the Olympics, probably. Um, and so, uh, understandably, you know, not everybody's going to like football. Although the way it's broadcast, you think that everybody did like football. And actually, the viewing figures for things like Match of the Day say that a lot of people do like watching it. And actually, a lot of women like watching Match yeah. of the Day. Mm-hmm. So, there, you know, it's not a completely exclusive male domain by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, um, but, you know, I would never, in the same way that, you know, you'd never go up to somebody who was, say, um, a brain surgeon and go, oh, my God, I don't really have a clue what you're doing, which I don't. Um, and, and you obviously could be very rude to them and say, I don't, I'm not interested. But at the same time, I always find that people find that they have common ground with you in other ways, you know. Mm. So it's not, it's not just about knowing the rules of football. I think, to me, sport is about passion. It's about intensity. It's about hard work, achieving your ends. You know, there's a lot more to it. And so tell me, you're um, currently getting together... A campaign, right? You're sort of like trying to galvanise more people to get into sport. The thing that, well, it's not so much, yeah, sport, um, but not for sport's sake. You know, this is not about getting the next Olympic medalist because we have really good talent ID campaigns that are clearly working. We're smashing records every time we go into Olympic Games in the last few cycles. It's about stemming the tide of childhood obesity. We're now getting kids reaching 11, third of kids with obese um, problems, obesity, and obviously huge problems with adults. And I think we've, we've lost a generation almost in terms of the health messages. So we've got to get into primary school kids because often they're coming from families where those there isn't a DNA of activity and they need to become active children and to learn about what they're putting in their bodies and what they're doing and it's not about even body image comes later in a way doesn't it and and what you can do with your body comes a bit later it's actually just being really healthy and living the you know to your potential because if you get to 15 and you've got obesity and you're starting to get the health problems that come with that the mental health problems that come with that you're never going to reach your potential and I can't see a negative or a converse argument to this at all as a society because we're only going to produce people who are more capable they're going to pay tax they're going to you know they're not going to be a drain on the NHS there's there's absolutely no way government could ever argue against having a healthier um, childhood basically you know so um, and I you know I know sport gave me so much in my life I was a gymnast and I love sport but it's not about everybody being competitive in sport by any stretch of the imagination it's just about being healthy and and living a healthy life I think if you get into any sort of physical activity just for fun like most of my memories of being a kid are riding down a really big hill on my bike with my jacket tied around my neck pretending to be Superman or just things that are sort of outdoorsy but no one's going to get a prize for it. It's just fun, climbing a tree, jumping off the porch. Probably shouldn't have done that one. (laughs) But that kind of thing. Absolutely, and it's about health and and enjoyment. And obviously some people are going to ride down that hill with the bike and think, I could be Victoria Pendleton. Mm. But other people are just going to carry on riding the bike and enjoy it. And so... For me, this is about that that first person, you know, just enjoying health and activity for it, for its own sake. But how do you, because yes, I have similar memories. I could um, stick my BMX bike over a huge mouth of a creek right near my sort of like countryfied house near Sydney. But um, when I think of school sport, it was an absolute nightmare. And mm. I lost my confidence very, very quickly. I think I was probably the opposite of what you're talking about. I started out with a lot of confidence as a kid and it got drained away very quickly when I couldn't throw the furthest. Or, mm. And, you know, people used to fight over not having me on their <laughs> softball team. You know, and so how do you convince children who are, you know, for me, I was quite traumatized by sport when I was a kid. And it's not necessarily even that the school doesn't want to invest in it, but maybe... The kid doesn't want to do it. I think uh, the way um, sport is, is taught in school is really important. How And that and those messages come across and making it fun and playful and not always. They, I don't agree with getting rid of competitive sport in school because life no. is tough and you've got to, you know, you've got to, sometimes there'll be winners, sometimes there'll be And losers. I think for some people that's where they did shine. Yeah. So I get that. Well, but, I always yeah. say my, my son, who's, who's a good sportsman, this one family were kind of laughing at the fact that he had five firsts on his 
top at sports day and I said listen this is his one day for 364 your kids are playing the violin coming first in English you know this is his one day and that's and that's why it's important to me it is where some people get their self-esteem however it shouldn't mean that every other child who does it feels that they're you know they're not going to bother because actually they can't come first mm-hmm. so there are ways I think of teaching sports to be enjoyable for girls you know as they hit puberty it's about fitness and that might come in the shape of a Zumba class at school it might come in the shape of you know of just a group that aren't particularly sporty being encouraged to jog together or to do something that they enjoy together so I think it's a mindset as well how about this what about the government issues capes for everybody (laughs) while riding their bike that would certainly get my attention we're going to talk about something that's very close to my heart and I probably should be ashamed of this but is it okay Gabby Logan Helen Whitaker? to ever lose your temper. And I think, I know that we're, we're supposed to say that it's not okay, but we all do it, right? Or is it, it's not just me, is it? No, we all do it. Yeah. I, I was, this was brought home to me when um, a really close friend of mine who is just sunshine and light itself and the most positive, wonderful, patient, sort of like earth mother type I know. And I um, happened to be walking down my high street and saw her absolutely... Um, in the face of a guy like screaming at him because he'd cut her up on the road she'd actually got out of her car and was making a spectacle of herself and i'm and she absolutely she still dies that we saw this me and my husband and now we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> hi sue uh, but um she i god it, it just made me so happy that the person i the least ever expected to do something like that did it and that made me feel better well, so, so her t- her temper loss made you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I just thought if she is driven to that point, yeah, then maybe it isn't just, as I, abnormal as I, I think. I just don't think it's natural to never ever lose your temper. That would feel like you actually, if you haven't got that range of emotion to go. And of course, we all know it's not cool, and we we feel bad about it afterwards, or or we should do if we're not psychopathic. Mm. And but actually, to not have that range of emotions means you can't go the other way, you know, and you can't have complete uh, euphoria and delight in something as well. I feel. Yeah, definitely. I also think people who don't ever lose their temper openly. If you listen to their inner monologue, peep show style, it would just be rage and seething at the world. Yes, so inside, see, they're probably think, a mass of rage. I do think I will live longer because, you, you know, go. I'm not swallowing it. No. Well, I, you know, when you have a child, you do swallow a lot of, <laughs> sort of you know, you have to have a, a lot more patience. And, but um, I think the worst one ever was um, a washing machine man after torturing me for weeks about saying he was coming around and that he wasn't coming <laughs> around. And then he actually, when he did come around, he fitted uh, my washing machine just by putting a pump in and then putting it together with sticky tape which obviously that didn't wow. go well. Yeah. So when I finally, this is it, and, and I, um, I did say the F word to him on the phone and then he hung up on me and said, when I phoned him back, I said, well, I'm not going to engage with you if you're going to swear. And I was like, you've put me through at least four weeks of torture, but, but it's not okay when I've been taken to breaking point. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's be hard the for, judge and jury. Yeah, well, I always I feel slightly more self conscious about it. It's, it's one thing losing my temper with my kids, which I know isn't cool, but happens. Um, but I remember once um, I was going on a day trip to Leeds, um, and I was going from work, but also taking my granny out for her birthday. And they lost my bag. I had to check check a bag on because we were going out for dinner that night. And it ended up four weeks later coming back from it had been to Milan, it had been to Rome. This was a day trip to Leeds, and so the guy said, "Oh, I think we'll bring it around tonight." And similar to you, I, I did lose it a little bit with him. 
A few years later, my PA was ringing up the same airline to book a flight and the guy who put the phone up said, a few years ago, she got very cross with me and I can't watch football in the same way. Oh. <laughs> so it's, it's quite hard when people know your name. And that's, that, you know, yeah, because you have to be quite careful. If you yell at someone in the street, it's going to end up in the Daily Mail. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I can kind of do it and get on with my day. <laughs> but then sometimes if you manage to rein it in, it does benefit you in the end as well. I had a situation where I parked in a car park in my parents' town centre, which when I got back to the car park to pay, it only took uh, change, not cards, not notes. So I had a note. Let alone Ringo. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm annoyed already. I know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So I, was yeah. all, I had the baby with me and I was like, I have to get out. I've got to get home. got to feed him. And... I pressed the button on the side and the man said, come down, park in the emergency space. So I did all this, got to the emergency space. It was miles away from the office. So I'm like, right, <laughs> got the baby out of the back seat, And I was storming towards this office. Like, we have to go, we have to go. And all of a sudden this voice came over. And um, I think when I actually rang originally, I said, hello, um, I'm not sure what to do. I haven't got any change. I tried not to lose my rag with him because it's obviously not his fault. And I heard this voice come over going, oh, don't worry, love. I'll put the barrier up. I can see you with the baby. And he let me go. And I think if I'd shouted and lost my temper to start with, he probably would have been like... But it is, it's the loss of power. And there is something even worse, I hate to say, about being a woman and losing your temper because then everybody just goes straight to, oh, she's hysterical. Oh, she's screechy. And I, so I hate yeah. losing that power. Yeah. But every now and again, I sort of, there's, there's a, I cause a mini hurricane and look behind me and go, well, who did that? <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's like an out-of-body experience. I think, I think it is, as a woman, though, as well, it is important that you, you don't just hold stuff in when you're feeling very upset about something because you're a woman. You know, I think you have a right in it, especially in a work situation. I'm not talking mm. about losing your temper in the office, but to speak out about something. Because like you say, I can, you know, you can see people holding stuff in. You think, no, no, this is the time for you to speak up and say yeah. that you're not happy about this because you'll never get the, you know, the chance again. So it's that balance. And, and obviously it comes with, you know, age, you get a little bit more wisdom perhaps to it because you you hark back to those memories of when you've lost your, your temper in the past. Thing. <laughs> yeah. That didn't end so well. I'm just going to do this a different way I've, now. I've managed to, it's a physical strain sometimes that I've managed to keep the swearing out of it because mm. I've heard people just use that as an excuse. Yes. Even, mm -hmm. even if you've got a legitimate I'm literally, I'm literally yeah. clenching my buttocks right now thinking about yeah. previous times where I just lost it a bit too much. So yeah, I'm, I am learning. I so how do you know though when you need the Naomi Campbell <laughs> school, of, <laughs> school of anger management? You know, it's like, how do you, I don't know. It's, I think when the phone bounces off someone's head, that's when you realise you might have a problem. I always think there was, uh, there was this uh, Louis C.K., the, the American comedian, who said if you, um, if you meet one arsehole in a day, you've met an arsehole. If you meet arseholes all day, every day, you're the arsehole. And I always try yeah. to keep that in mind when I'm sort yeah. of like getting cross with people. Yeah, I do have a friend who does a lot of moaning. She does a lot of moaning about people and people never seem to be doing the right thing. And I'm now beginning to I think, okay, you might have to have a look. Have yeah. you ever thought it might be you who's, who's causing a few of these situations? Do you think she's going to be listening now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> she, she won't recognise it. She won't recognise it anyway. But um, I'm not brave enough to tell her. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Gabby, this mm. is going to be right up your street, I'm sure. I bet you were a real gym bunny, right? I like I like exercise, but I don't actually. I'm not actually a member of a gym. I go oh. to classes at various places, and I work out with various people, and I do different things. But I'm, I've not. I did join a local kind of municipal gym in the summer because I wanted to access to a running machine, and that was my first experience of a gym for a while. And they are such interesting places, full of all kinds of behavioural anomalies. And do you wear your most expensive Lululemon leggings with your just beautifully coordinated little crop top and your swiggy ponytail? You've got the wrong girl. No. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wearing this one T-shirt I love, which I pointed out to the guy. I trained this fantastic ex-rugby player, and we do weights together. And I said to him last week. I think I've had this T-shirt 20 years, but I love it so much. It's an old vintage Nike T-shirt. And it, amazingly, it doesn't smell. It's fine. But I said Maybe to, you just can't smell it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're just immune. immune. Yeah. But I do love, if I get a nice pair of like running tights or something that I really love, then I will buy a few pairs of them because I'm not a faddy kind of, you know, kit person. But what I did say to myself a few years, I gave myself a little bit of slack. You work out a lot. You train five times a week. You actually should be spending a bit of money on this stuff. It's oh, a bit like, I can't bear it. But it's a bit like pajamas, you know, like, and, or night wear you know you spend half your life in it why why is it the bottom of the list in terms of stuff that you would never spend any money on so if you haven't guessed listeners we are talking about is it okay to look absolutely horrendous at the gym and I'm sure you never do but I know if I turned up in you know the sort of like the gym bunny attire the gym where I go to because I've been a member of that gym for many many years they'd all fall about laughing because I'm the one who comes in in the holy t-shirts unironed the the sort of like the the yoga pants that are slightly too short don't you think, though, as well, it's a bit like people whose wellies have never had mud on. If I see somebody in the gym who's got, like, the matching bra top pants, um, even the zip-up that matches, I, they don't know. I, don't I do. There, there's definitely, I don't know sure they're going to know what they're doing. There's definitely the people who, let's just say they don't need a shower after their hour in the gym. You know, <laughs> there's definitely those who I see them, you know, I, I need a full reconstruction. And then there's there's always the woman who... In two seconds, she just sticks a jacket on over her little lycra yeah, top and out she, she goes. Has no, she done anything? No, absolutely not, except floated with her trainer. The best place in the world yeah. for this, and where I thought I was going to be completely intimidated, was Brazil. I was there for the World Cup in 2014, and I stayed in the same hotel as the England football team. So the gym was below the hotel. Sometimes the England players would come down. And I first went in with great trepidation, thinking, this is Brazil, home of the body beautiful. This is going to be a nightmare. Quite frankly, 
There wasn't one person in there who ever looked like they burnt more than three calories in an hour because they were all basically they wandered around, showed each other the the latest plastic surgery. I literally had a woman pull her top up and show a bloke her new breasts. Wow! <laughs> a woman I've never seen this before in a gym in my life. A woman who was on a bike machine who had a, a china cup and saucer brought over to her with a cup of tea in it by the gym. Instructor. I am going to be having a work with <laughs> my was, gym. It was yeah. the most incredible people watching place ever. There was no working out to be done anywhere to the point where I went into a studio because I wanted to do some circuits. And they came to the window and started watching me because I don't think anybody had actually done any work in the studio ever. So they came around. The guy who's the instructor in inverted commas said, "What are you doing? What are you What are you doing?" We thought that bike was to hang <laughs> to, to dry our clothes on, it like it is at my house. A phenomenal place, yeah. and the women looked incredible in terms of their attire, but. There was no working out. So, there. how did they look incredible? Is it all surgery? And not just a, a lot good of luck? surgery. I mean, when I say looked incredible, they looked incredible in terms of their clothing. They didn't look fit anyway. Right. But there was lots of surgery, and uh, it was quite an affluent area. So, I think um, maybe if I'd gone a bit further down the street to the Faveas, maybe the real hardcore gyms, like the spit and sawdust kind of gyms, would have yeah. had a, a bit more working out going on. But what, I, what's amusing me is how quiet Helen's being right now. Well, I just, <laughs> I'm the total opposite to Gabby, and I'm more with you, Joe. I'm kind of, I. First of all, don't want to spend money on clothes I'm buying to sweat in. I'd rather spend money on clothes that I get to go out in or, you know. How, so how long or how many hours a week would you say you spend in those clothes? Though? Well, it kind of depends. I used to be a member of a gym. Now I'm more a yoga class person, but I definitely don't have the... But great yoga wear now. You could keep it going all day, can't you? Yeah, you do yoga class and you can find yourself at five o'clock if you're not had to go but do anything formal. A lot of these it. clothes, I got given a very nice sort of like lycra tight fitting t-shirt. And it was all the really latest technology, you know, it absorbed all your sweat. And so it looked great at the end of, you know, not like the saturated things that mm. I've got. And then I found on the lining of it, it said, running is my arm. Oh, and no. stitched all around it. And, and you've I been walking just, around with that on your all day. Yeah. And I, and I, I just, I developed an allergy. I can't, I just, can't yeah be doing with it so back on goes the you know my husband's conference t-shirt from barcelona yeah. 1992 and most know? of my most yeah. of my, my vests i have to say are black and um, black is the you know is the new well, black it doesn't show the sweat yeah. Yeah. yeah plus yeah. i'm not really someone who would wear sportswear for the rest of the day if I, w- I would wear it to exercise in then i'd change into my jeans or whatever so yeah, it's, it's not. Funny, it's definitely a school gate thing. I've noticed. I was just it's, about it's to become, say I mean, the swishy ponytail gang. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there is there, yeah. there is a whole. I would say, I fifty percent of the women at the school gate these days are looking like they've either come from or about to go to a serious workout. But we all know they're going to Gales for <laughs> coffee and, and a latte. We all know they are. Yeah. Also, I just think I want I want an hour off from having to think about what I look like so I'd rather just put my leggings and my old t-shirt on to be honest yeah comfort is for me the key I won't wear a bra bra top that I can feel I won't I don't want to wear leggings that dig in anywhere as long as I'm comfy yeah I think what I enjoy is um on the odd time I do have a conversation with somebody in the gym and I it comes up that I'm the editor of glamour there's always a a pause (laughs) really (laughs) because there I am in my crushed sort of like holy yellow stained t-shirt I always like it Joe when I see people dressed like that um, I'm not going to say you because I can't believe you're really in that it's kind true. of type. But I always like it when they actually turn out to be quite fit, you know, because it's, it's, it's always a bit of a surprise, you know, when you see them pumping it out with the iron or they're on the treadmill and they're really pushing it. So I think it's quite a nice juxtaposition. There you go. Yeah. Look as awful as you want in the gym, people. Just do it. Just <laughs> We've do decided. It. Oh, is that a slogan? Yeah. Somebody's already come up with that, haven't they? Well, Just you're it. in the gym. That's the main thing. Wear what you want. If you've been enjoying listening to Glamour Hey, It's Okay, we would definitely urge you to subscribe to us on iTunes search Glamour Hey It's Okay and please if you're loving what you're hearing leave a review even if you don't like it we're absolutely loving your reviews and our favourite ones will get a prize
This one will probably get us into a lot of trouble. Is it okay to secretly, sort of slightly suspect that you might be the best person that you know? Do you know what I mean? I just think, I think that it's, where I'm coming from with this is I always joke, I'm one of four siblings and I'm always, and the oldest, and I always joke to my mother that, yeah, but I was the best one and you should have stopped after me. And occasionally I've got her to agree with me. Sorry, the rest of my siblings. But it's like, I, I think that as much as we all deride this so-called millennial generation for fi- walking around with a sense of entitlement and feeling like, you know, they shouldn't have to work or we should just put them to the top of the class, give them the gold star, give them the biggest job. Maybe there's a benefit in walking around with that slightly big-headed attitude. I think there's a difference, isn't there, between self-confidence and arrogance. You know? yeah, and it's a very fine line, though, isn't it? It is. And you've yeah. got to, I think, you know, as a parent, your job is to keep your child on the right side of that and, mm. and not. But I also grew up with a mum who um, would in, you know, shamelessly kind of see other people's uh, weakness as a, 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 as a, basically as a stepping stone for more, for greater <laughs> success. You know, she'd say, well, the more people like that around, sweetheart, the more chance for you to shine. Because I'd, I'd, I'd moan <laughs> about otherwise somebody. Otherwise, there's just going to yeah. be no hope unless everybody else is a bit <laughs> crap. <Yeah. laughs> just don't worry about the rubbish people. And, and so I, I think and she did give us all a lot of confidence about go and achieve, do what you want to do, put the work in and, you know, and so, so from one perspective she was right about you know that but I do think there's also you've got to watch out for other people along the way haven't you so it's not it's not not overlooking somebody who you might be with somebody really brilliant but they're a bit quiet and if you never find out a little bit more about them you kind of miss out on that opportunity that's the thing that I think I've probably grown into as I got older I mean I I don't think I'm the best one not not really but I do think that you kind of have to channel a bit of that mindset if you're going for a job or you're getting up Definitely. and doing presenting mm. or, you know, your mm. job's highly competitive, sort of like, mm. you know, broadcast media. I think if you don't um, put yourself centre stage and, and make yourself focus on, I, I want to get that, I want to be mm. that person, then I don't know how you yeah, and get I think, ahead. I think the difference what you said there is it's quite specific, isn't it? So definitely, yeah. I, you know, I, I say to myself all the time about how can I get better at what I do and what are the things that I've learned that make you know can make me stand out a bit more and, and give me the skill set but at the same time that's just very specific to work so there are other areas of your life where you're definitely not going to be the best person you know yeah. I'm not the you know could I be kinder can I be nicer to my you know my siblings or my parents or could I be you know all those things I think it's but what you say I think is true in terms of ambition for work yeah. and and your career I don't think it's a bad thing no, to definitely. have that in your mind I think women especially some Sometimes don't shout about how good they are at something because it's seen as sort of unappealing to be ambitious or to tell people how Very great true. you are. Yeah. And I think even if maybe you're not the best at that specific thing, you can be the best at selling yourself to do it. I mean, there's people like Victoria Beckham have said in the Spice Girls when she was auditioning and things, she wasn't the best at singing, she mm. wasn't the best at dancing, but she was the best at getting out there and going for it. So mm. that's worthy in itself, I think. So you yeah. can be the best at something you can't be the best at everything I mean that person would be and awful. also a lot of these areas are um, a little bit subjective aren't they anyway so how are you going to judge what you know that's one person's genius singer is the next person's you know sounds like a cat screeching so everybody's everybody's got their own and that wasn't directed at the Spice Girls by the way <laughs> at all but everybody's got who are phenomenal everybody's got their own opinion on those kind of things so if you don't believe in you there's going to be a percentage of people who you know might, might also be slightly doubtful I did um, stand up comedy for um, Comic Relief and um, I 
had to do um, a, a gig in front of... Oops, have I stood on the microphone there? A gig in front of 500 people at the Bloomsbury Theatre. And along the way, Paddy Kilty was my mentor, and he took me to this little spit and sawdust pub in Kingston-upon-Thames where a lot of famous comics go to test their material. And the reason they go there is there's only 25 people in the room. Oh, gross. Oh. I'd rather have 2,000 in yeah, that scene. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because you can see the faces. Well, also, it's a, it's a percentage game. Like he said, if you can make half of a, a, a thousand auditorium laugh, that's a lot of laughter. If you can make a quarter of them laugh, that's 250 people. If you can make a quarter of this room laugh, that's still only seven people who are going yeah. to be laughing in this room. So, you know, so it's a real test of the material to do that. So it's, it is, in a way, it's a numbers game, isn't it? Yeah. That you kind of, you know, you have to think, right, I'm, I'm going to have to... What, what sort of a mindset do you think has stood you apart in your career, Gabby? I mean, you've really famously, you must get so tired of answering these questions, but you have conquered a male-dominated field, how do you, where do you begin with that? Where, what was your mindset when you were starting out? Genuinely, Joe, I don't. I think at the very beginning, I didn't see that. You right. know, I didn't. And then I started being asked those questions and started to have to think about the fact that I was a woman in a man's world. But I think at the beginning, if I'd set out thinking that, I might have found it the barriers a little bit higher or the walls a bit tougher to break down so at the beginning it wasn't there and for me in my mindset clearly was for other people you know and Mm. I'd read people writing things about me in newspapers that reminded me I was a woman you know that I'd not that I'd forgotten I was always very proud to be a woman but I didn't see myself the skill set being any different to my male colleagues so um, and there have been times where it's been shaken and been a little bit harder because I think when you start a family, suddenly you become a different person, actually, and, and your femininity is never more focused at that point. And so your ability to do your job should be no different. But suddenly I, I doubted myself in ways that I had never doubted myself before, which was really weird and, and yet felt really empowered that I was able to have a family and do my job. So um, I think you know the, the, the answer to every career success for anybody in any career is, is hard work, mm. tenacity, and you know being... Uh, being very focused at what you want to do and achieve um, and adaptable as well. I think definitely for me at the beginning, there was there was definitely a bit of arrogance. There was definitely a bit of like naive that I could just go to England and, and do this. So as much as I kind of look back and think I was probably a bit overconfident and thought I was the best one, it kind of... But there was it, also it got me on a plane. Incredible enthusiasm for what you're doing. Yeah, and hard work. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And yeah. A, a little bit of... Arrogance. Arrogance is always such a, is a word loaded, isn't it, with all kinds of negative connotations. Yeah, and I always almost apologise while saying it, but it's yeah. definitely true in my super, case. Super self-confidence, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it also a, worked. You're the boss. You're the editor. <laughs> <laughs> you and made. I stood on everybody all the way there. <laughs> Gabby, it's been very enlightening having you on today. Thank you so much. I've learned all sorts of things, particularly about chalkboards. I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> That's going to change my life. Thank you so much yes. for having me. It's been great. It's been lovely to chat to you. Thank and you. Where, where are we seeing you next popping up? Oh, I've got lots of uh, Match of the Days and Six Nations Rugby's coming and loads of athletics. Big year for athletics because there's no Olympic Games this summer. There's no World Cup, but there is the World Athletics Championships in London. So that's I think that's going to be a, a great event back in the Olympic Stadium. So a lot of live sport on the way. Excellent stuff. Thank you to you. And thank you, Helen Whitaker. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you, Helen. Good luck. Thanks. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.